Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast and especially to maybe some of our newer listeners who got into the show after Chris Botta was on. We had a really good response, so... Welcome back to the Nassiman Hockey Podcast, and of course, to all of you who continue to follow along over what's about to be uh, a three-year anniversary for the show. We should probably find out when the first episode was. It, I believe, was in February, and there were two other people, if you go back far enough, um, there were two other people on, on this show way, way back when. Uh, we changed, God, we changed so much in that in that time, but... Uh, I suppose we'll we'll get on the nostalgia train uh, whenever you know maybe at the end of the month or something like that or early March or something uh, we can get back on uh, thinking through the last three years um, and four seasons of of New York Islanders hockey, which is kind of crazy. Um, but James, how how are you doing? What's going on? I'm doing well. Uh, same old, same old. I, I it's funny. Like we'll we'll talk about obviously this, but um, I was thinking about for some reason right before I hopped on when I texted you last night after watching the Islander game or during the Islander game for for that matter, and I said to you, dude, Bo Horvat on the Islanders doesn't feel real. I know I'm watching it. I know it's happening right before my eyes. Just doesn't feel like this is a thing that's happened yet. And sure, we'll talk about it, but. That was just the, the first thing I was thinking of as I'm walking over to my desk, and I'm like, "Wow, I'm still feeling that way." I I agree. It's definitely, and it's not in our notes anywhere, so I don't mind talking about it right off the top of the show. We have other like details about Horvat and stuff, but mm. it is it is weird. It's definitely Ryan Smith esque, but he actually signs. Like there there have been these <laughs> moments where Vanek Smith and now Horvat where the Islanders get a really big name. I think that was similar to maybe Pekka and Yashin. Um, certainly with Osgood, even though I think that there were some issues with him uh, initially coming to the team, and I don't know that he reported right away, and that was a whole thing, because if I'm not mistaken, he was claimed off waivers. Um, kind of similarly to Nabokov uh, uh, many, many years later. But yeah, it's been some time since the Islanders have acquired a really big name, and they were on the cusp of something. Like it was one of the final pieces. I don't want to say the final piece, and we'll definitely talk about, you know, how many pieces the Islanders are away and continue the conversation about if they make moves. But yeah, I think having the eyes of the league uh, and the media turned on the Islanders for a change in a positive light is is a welcome change for sure. Um, with the All-Star break over, Isles return with back-to-back wins. Stretching their win streak to four games. James, overall, what are your thoughts on the Islanders' two wins so far this week? I don't want to think about this as a four-game win streak necessarily because they're a different team now. They're they're fully uh, fully healthy for the most part uh, as far as their depth is concerned and, and who's really producing. Um, yeah. wh- what do you think about this week's two wins that the Islanders well, have? I think what you the way you started this that it's an excellent point, right? It, it's it feels like two different win streaks. The old regime won two games, and now the new regime, although it's only one new body, has won two games. But they are two completely different uh, winning streaks, if you will. The games that they won before, it was like they just escaped with those two points. The games this week. And, you know, I've said this a couple of times already. Maybe it's just a shot in the arm from, you know, a new acquisition and things can die down. 
maybe the the locker room is on a bit of a high right now and, and sure there is time for these things to slow slow down but this week they've they're they're a different team with just this one new player and albeit it's it's a it's a huge addition right already a 30 goal scorer he scored his 32nd goal on tuesday it's a completely new dynamic for this team now like barzell's on the wing he's now got a guy on on his line who knows where to be when the puck is on the end of his stick it's just the rest of the roster is playing with so much more confidence now and and so much more authority that there's a there's a serious pep in the step of the Islanders right now, you know, and, you know, Horvat alone ha- has done quite the, um, what's the word? I want to, I want to get the word right. He's, he's injected such life into this team that, like I said, the rest of the roster has, is, is feeding off of it. Um, and that's great. I don't, I don't want to take away from that. It's obviously the biggest factor, but the trickle down has been pretty incredible too. And, I'm I'm thinking specifically of the rookies. Like Simone Holmstrom played an excellent game on Tuesday. Yeah, Samuel and I would Bulldog. definitely want to talk about him. Yeah, a, we will a little bit just, later. This is just the effect. Samuel Bulldog scores his first NHL goal, and he's been playing with such poise. Like the trickle down effect from the acquisition, and then the commitment of Bo Horvat has just been otherworldly right now for this team. And what's even better for in my opinion what's what's even more great and the bigger storyline here for me is how well received he's been like the fans have done a really good job of letting him know how gracious they are to have him and how well um how how loved he is already so uh, he's felt it the team has felt it and, and everyone is just so excited about this team right now i i I absolutely agree. I I think your point about the trickle down on the roster and some of that confidence is is spot on. And and you had mentioned that in the past and just everyone kind of being in the right place. Um, On top of that, you have guys that are stepping up, up and down the roster. And it could be some of that confidence. Palmieri came back um, a few games before the break and and he was playing really well. Um, Defensemen seem to be able to get into the lineup and continue to play well. It doesn't really matter who's out. If Dobson was out, Romanov was out this week. It, it seems like anybody can kind of just step in on, on that side of things and things may be kind of turning around a little bit for this team. And some of that's going to be Horvat. Some of that's just going to be people maybe just finally settling in. The way that the Islanders play, and, and you had alluded to this and you spoke about it, maybe with Bada was on or even before that, and something that Friedman said that this team works so hard for their goals. And it's it's exhausting. So having the break and then coming back, I think will really help this this team uh, just for the style that they play. And, and they have an uphill battle. And playing with that confidence, playing with a little bit of swagger is is going to be amazing for for this team. I yeah, do want. And oh, go, go ahead. B- before before you move on, I just want to talk about you know that that first goal that Horvat scored. Is that is that in our notes? I I I think. No, right? So we can talk about that now. Um, the first goal he scored, you, you saw it right away. First of all, the the not the goal itself, but on the way there, right? The Islanders lose the faceoff, which he didn't take the draw, by the way. He was thrown. Josh Bailey takes the draw. Um, the puck ends up uh, under the goal line. Who's there on on, on puck with, with the puck pressure, getting getting the puck back or, or trying to get the puck back. Oh, Horvat. And he he ends up getting the puck off the defender's stick. It slides over to Matthew Barzell. And as soon as the puck is on Matthew Barzell's stick, you see it right away. Horvat's like, boom, I know where to go. And he gets to the bottom of the right circle, gets himself open in scoring position. And uh, you couldn't have drawn it up any more perfectly that he, that he buries it and, and, and he scores. It was just so natural. It was everything so natural that... Matthew Barzell would do. It was so natural for Bo Horvat to sit there and say to himself, okay, time for me to score. And he did it. This is something that we just don't see or we haven't seen. And we're going to end up having to get used to hearing Brendan Burke saying uh, Barzell to Beauvillier and he scores. Bo Horvat. Oh oh my God. Look what I just did. Too many bows. Barzell to Bo Horvat and he scores. Yeah, I think that's... um... 
I hope we get used to that. It definitely looked very natural and it, it's yeah. it got better in that second game and then obviously leading to that goal, but they have been buzzing pretty well. I think that the two of them are going to take some time to to learn each other and, and how they play. And I'm sure Barzell is going to have to adjust too. It's not just putting this good player on a line with another good player and Horvat has to adjust. Like Barzell is going to have to change his game a little bit. And because I think Bo Horvat's more of a north south player. And Barzell is going to have to try to adapt to that a little bit and make sure that he's getting getting the puck to him in, in, in the right moments. Um, but, you know, some so some news broke in between, uh, you know, right before Bada came on and then kind of uh, a few days after that um, that I'm sure everyone wants uh, to hear about. The the Horvat deal that he signed eight and a half by eight. What are your thoughts on the the deal itself? Obviously, that changes. That also changes um, some of the aspects of what we think about the trade in general. Now that he's signed, but let's talk about the just the deal first, and then we'll talk about what you know the trade implications and the kind of where the team goes from here. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we we knew what he turned down from Vancouver it was seven by seven and a half. Oh no, I'm sorry, eight by seven and a half. We knew we wanted more money, so. That right there let you know, okay, well, he was traded to the Islanders and they have every intention of of signing him. So it's going to be more than eight by seven. What more could it possibly be? You know, is he a $9 million player? Are the Islanders going to um, pay him equal to or or more than Matthew Barzell? Probably not. And Lou Lamorello is, is a tough negotiator. He's not going to let that happen. So you're saying to yourself, it's going to be sitting somewhere between eight, eight and a half for seven to eight years. And that's exactly what he got. The initial report was eight by eight. Uh, a few minutes later, it came out it was eight by eight and a half. And you know, it, either or, I sat there and I said to myself, "Yeah, that's that's exactly right." Like, and, and that's the going rate for guys like this right now. You know, you look at uh, Philip Forsberg last season. You know, is he having as good of a season as he did last year when he scored 40, 40 goals and had eighty something points? No, not necessarily. Neither are the National Predators, but you know, that's the going rate for a pending free agent. Who a pending unrestricted free agent who is is playing you know out of their mind in, in a contract year? Um, now look, are are we to expect Bo Horvat to repeat a fifty goal pace next season? No, absolutely not. But you know, a couple of things come to mind here. One, I'm not talking about just locker room intangibles. What he brings as a leader, and you know, maybe he's a potential future captain, whatever this, that, and the other thing. But he does literally everything he kills penalties he's he's on the power play he's a specialist there he's a first line center you know he'll be that for at least three to four years of this deal and then after that okay so he slides down to maybe a second line role um but you know he'll be 35 by the time this contract's over and sure by the end of it maybe it's not a a contract that you love but two things one you know, that's the, that's the cost of, of getting these guys in their prime. And two, it's not buyout proof. They can buy it out if they really have to. But I don't anticipate with his style of play that he dips off to being this miserable player by year six, seven, or eight. I not think alongside just, Barzell. You know, that, I no, think no, that's no. going to be the big thing here is that Barzell right. now is somebody that he can also grow with. And the two of them are just going to be a duo moving forward. Right. And, and that makes the top six really strong for the Islanders. And I think the biggest point here, too, and, and a lot of people have said to me, you know, e- even after I've stated this via Twitter or whatever it be, that's a horrible point. And I don't I, I don't necessarily agree, but the cap's going up, whether it's this summer or next summer, the cap is going up by either, you know, four or five million bucks. So in in, a, in as soon as this summer or the following summer, this eight and a half million deal uh, it becomes the equivalent of a six and a half million dollar deal. And it's not a, it's the, the reason why this isn't a, a, a bad point is because the Islanders will have more money to spend for themselves. I understand the rest of the league gets more money, too. But as of right now, he signed as an eight and a half million dollar player. And in the future, when that cap jumps, it'll look more like a six and a half million dollar deal. The Islanders know they're going to have more money to play with. Yeah, it's, so, it's percentage of the cap. It, right, exactly. It, it's percentage of the cap. So right now it's a it's a bigger hit to the cap, but in a year or less, it's going to be less. So it, it all around, I saw this deal and I said, yeah, that's about right. Is a, is it too much money? Like <laughs> Lou Lamorello said, um, you know, maybe maybe initially 
But then again, once that cap jumps, it's going to be like, oh, okay, that's actually pretty good. It's it's always a little too much when there aren't results attached. No one is thinking about any of that stuff when with Lee or Brock Nelson or, or any of the numbers. No one cares about any of the numbers when there is results. And so as long as there are and they're and they're making a big push and this year notwithstanding right but in the future and then in the following seasons and some of this is going to be who uh lula morello or future gm or whatever happens this summer puts around those players how lambert now adjusts with all this as well um the assistant coaches to me with the power play and all the, the some of these smaller items that where the islanders are not doing very well might need to get addressed this summer I, I or or sooner i doubt it but it, it definitely in the summer um the assistants running the power play i don't, I don't know that's doug hudo or the, or the other the other guy but it's whatever it is isn't isn't working even with you know palmieri finally scored uh a power play goal the other night on, off the rush it wasn't really a power play like a, a traditional setup but be that as it may um what do you think of the trade now that he signed uh, the Islanders have him for the foreseeable future um, knowing what the assets are and, and really how, you know, Ratu's Ratu's in the, um, in the AHL for the, the Canucks and Bavillier is, you know, I think so far playing okay with, with the Canucks. And then it's a first, uh, the first round pick. Um, what, what do you think of the trade now? It's it's so hard to judge a trade like this so quickly, uh, you know. So I would like to revisit that, and we have to revisit it really in, in a few years. Like it's this isn't even like a oh how how did it pan out in in July? Like no, it's it's how did it pan out in a few years? Well, if they however, win, if the honors however, make it to the Eastern Conference Final again, or right. win the cup, or make, like like okay, that's why I said July, and, then, and and Horvat is a. Uh, you know, a success. Right. Essentially. Right. Which is why I say like, we'd have to look at this in July. Um, and maybe that might even be too soon, but you know, time will tell. We'll see how it unfolds. Mm-hmm. But initially, you know, now that he signed, yeah, this, this was a no brainer, right? Anthony Bavillier, like you, like you and I have said so many times over and over again, perennial breakout guy, right? He's, he's going to be a breakout star this year. Never happened. Aturatu, look, he was a gamble from the start, right? He looked real good rising through the ranks of the Islanders. He gets to Vancouver. He's he's not on the NHL roster there. They want to take their time with him and develop him in the AHL. So we need to see where that goes. But his ceiling, according to most post-trade uh, for Vancouver, is a is a bottom-tier second liner, top-tier third liner, which is which is good, you know, for the value that they the Islanders drafted him in in the second round. Um and you know, better than I could could ever say. I played in men's league. <laughs> you know, who am I? But um, it really boils down to how they utilize that that first round draft pick and which year it, it you know the the Canucks get to use it in, right? Because they the Islanders have that option. Um, they're anticipating the Canucks getting it this season, right? Because they the Islanders want to make the playoffs and they don't believe that they're going to be in a bottom pole position. But, you know, if they happen to fall off and they, they don't end up uh, going on that, that run that we believe that they might go on, then the Islanders get their pick back. So, um, and this draft is, is incredible. So, you know, hopefully if they're in the top 12, they draft a, a stud and they have, you know, an, another Atunatu in, in the um, pipeline, but you know, it, maybe he'll be even better because he's a top 12 guy. Right. So, there's a lot of factors that fall into this trade and whether it's a good trade or a bad trade. But as I, as I'm sitting here right now, it, it's a pretty even trade to me. You know, the Islanders got their guy that they needed and the Vancouver Canucks got the assets that they wanted for their quote unquote retool. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think just adding in the fact that he's now signed makes that, I think makes the Islander fan base feel a little better. I know it makes me feel a little bit better. At least there's some stability there. For the first and, time in, and, and and Butch said, you know, Trottier and and Bossy, that was the last time that there was a duo like this, and and he's not wrong. I don't think he was putting them on the same uh, pedestal. Right. You know, obviously, I think he even made mention of that. But you don't really have a duo like that, and they have the potential to do it because I think they complement each other pretty well. Right, and and you know, the, as I'm sitting here and I'm speaking this into existence, I think if anything, if it's if it's 
if we're going to give the edge to the Islanders in, in the case of they won this trade, it's for the fact that Bo Horvat was acquired and Long Island was spoken of so highly before he even stepped foot in the state of New York that he signed an eight-year deal. Now, I know he didn't do it until he got there that morning. Sure, Brock Nelson was in the it was in his ear. His family talked about how good Long Island was and and how great of a place it was to, to live and you know raise a family, this and that and the other thing, right? Now, other players are seeing the commitment Bo Horvat made to Long Island. He didn't even get there yet. That bodes well for the future, for free agency, for you know acquiring other talent and keeping them. I know we've said this in the past, but this is a different stratosphere of player that we're talking about now, right? Jordan Eberle, sure, that was great. Kyle Palmieri, Kyle Palmieri, uh, same thing, right? That was great too. JG Pajot, sure. They got Bo Horvat now, and they locked him down. Now other free agents are going to take a look at that and say, ooh, I want to play on a line with Bo, Ho- Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell. I want to play at a brand new state-of-the-art arena, UBS Arena. I want to live in a family-friendly environment on Long Island and you know live in a beautiful area. You know, so if if we're going to give the edge to the Islanders, it's for that reason. Um, in addition to adding an elite talent, Nassiman Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action that you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to see what prop bet will be boosted. The Super Bowl, or the Kelsey Bowl, is this Sunday, and we're picking Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nassim and Hockey is also brought to you by Raycon. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. For example, if you're an NHL team that's not making the playoffs but want to trade for a big player, why are you going to risk your future? However, I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Now, whenever I'm cooking my meals, I wear my Raycons, and I have the noise cancellation so that when I'm trying to concentrate on my recipe, I can tune everything out. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, you guessed it, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with other brands. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. My favorite features on my Raycons are the noise isolation mode like I mentioned earlier, or the awareness mode when you can still listen to your audio and hear everything going on outside of the audio. So you're ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So given the team's last two wins and seeing how Josh Bailey has played on this line with Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzell, and seeing how well Palmieri's played on a line with Brock Nelson and Anders Leewood, where he's found success in the past, and the three of them seem to work really well together, and that's something that they need. In fact, um, Brandon Gaines, who I believe is a, a listener of the show, uh, but big on the fan, always always on Twitter, uh, posting pretty good content, um, he said, though they didn't score yesterday, here's the expected goals and high danger chances for percentage from each of the second liners um over 70 percent for Kyle Palmieri and 75 percent Anders Lee was 69 and 80 
and Brock Nelson was 66 and 80. So they were getting their chances. Um, and now that that second line is more solidified, what do we do? Do the Islanders need to add a player there? Is is Bailey looked okay? There, there's, there's obviously a gap there, and you can almost throw anybody there. And I say almost because again, Bailey was okay. Are are they still going to be looking to add some type of winger, and or or? Does Holmstrom get a shot because he's playing well? But is he playing well because he's on that line? And I think those I think those are important caveats. I don't I don't like when um, you know the Islanders this season have said, oh, "Okay, this player is playing well," or "This player isn't playing well," and they just swap wingers, and then they don't find success. But they were playing right. well on the previous line, so I don't know what the answer is. I, that fourth line is great. Uh, Fashion is is fantastic. Um, Holmstrom's playing well on that other line. He scored. He scored last night. Um, yeah. On on Tuesday. What do you make of this first line? Is, is Bailey just kind of holding on for dear life, and and is he a candidate to either sit or get pushed down if if Lou makes a move? And do they need to do that? Yeah, I'd, I'd be fascinated to see what the deployment is if they do acquire somebody. But I think that they should. I don't think Josh Bailey is the answer for that first line. Um, you know, and. It, it's funny because, you know, today Elliot Freeman said that, you know, Lou Lemerell is going to assess his roster over the next five to six games, see what direction, you know, they're going to go in, you know, depending on how well they play. Are they making progress, uh, progress in the standings? Are they are they falling in the standings? Has the, has the you know, magic run dry for, for the rest of this season? Are they going to buy? Or are they going to sell at the deadline? It depends on how they do. Um, but you know, the, the majority, including myself, believe that they need to add if they're going to go on this run. I don't know what it's going to take to acquire certain players. I don't know how um, I don't know how well established of a player they can acquire with what assets they have left. But I don't think Lamorell is afraid to deal what they have left. If it takes a second round pick and a prospect that, you know, it, it isn't really proven, um, although one of their more highly touted ones, then he's probably going to pull that trigger if he really believes this roster can win. Is that Bolduc? I don't know. I feel like he's played his his way into being a regular at this point. I don't know if he's actually going to see the AHL again. Um, well, but, it could you know, be, and, and we're jumping a little ahead here, but I, maybe maybe the second half of the show kind of gets mushed together here. You know, the, I think the forward depth is definitely an issue it's shown by right. you know, we're talking about that right now and bailey and so on the the defense the defensive depth is good but does it mean that you can move a veteran and that veteran as as you've said uh, a couple of times maybe mayfield now i don't particularly like that in the in the season when they're starting to play well i don't know that you move a roster player necessarily like bavillier for horvat and two other things is fine, right? You can you can figure that out. The offense wasn't working. The defense seems to be okay. They do seem clumsy at times and unable to kind of get it together, but they have lately looked much better. And the youngsters look better, right? So something is starting to click. Um, and maybe it just took a little bit longer to to grasp the new concepts from from Lambert. And maybe some of the younger players or the newer players have just had an easier time overall. So so we've seen some success there. They do yeah. have some depth. I prefer to not move any of the young guys. So I, that's why I look to somebody like Mayfield, even if I don't like it. Right. Because you can get an asset for him and then flip the asset for something. Right. Now, and that's the thing. I don't, like, know, it depends I don't on... know what forwards are even available for the Islanders at that tier, right? You're not looking for tier one forward. You're, you're kind of looking for somebody a little bit, maybe a second or th- maybe a good second line winger that would complement those two um, down the line. I, I don't really know what those kind of players look like right now and how much they would cost at all. Well, see, I'm fascinated by this question just because, you know, of, of who the Islanders are are connected to. I did some digging on, you know, who the Islanders could possibly acquire if they did add another forward. And we keep talking about this forward, but actually, you know, we should also be be keeping in the back of our minds that Lane Lambert said the Islanders struggle getting out of their own end with the puck in transition. I think they want another puck moving defenseman too. They really, they really like can't. It's it's the forward group. Like it, they have the depth on D. I I, 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 I hear you. I, I'm, I'm just I saying what's. Been... I, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm arguing with 
you as Lambert. But like <laughs> it's it's clearly not it, right? Like this this team, if this is the team that started the season with the swagger and Horvat and whatever, yeah, this looks a lot. This this has the energy of the the those two teams that went to back to back Eastern Conference right. finals. Right? I don't know, and and that's where like and and what was missing then a goal scorer like right. like a winger like and and yes is it better now 100% Horvat and there there was not a Horvat Porzell at all right as well as Everly played or as well as Palmieri came in and played or they were outly or whatever the problem was it's it's very clearly just making sure the forwards are that there's depth there, right? If Bailey comes in for a couple of games because somebody's banged up on a playoff run, that's a completely different story. Right. So you like be using him and deploying him in the role that he's at in now is crazy to me. Like I don't I don't fully understand. Now Lambert isn't the person that makes these decisions. He's dealing with the with the players he has. And the only other player on the on the NHL roster right now that can be used is Ross Johnson. So you you don't you don't have an Oliver Wallstrom who Kerr's reported had a very big brace um, on his yeah. his left knee. Is that what I wrote? Yeah, and um, there's like a rumor going around that he tore his ACL and he's already had surgery on it. Yeah. So whatever whatever the actual issue is, you know, you need you need somebody like Wallstrom that has the potential, and maybe not somebody so young because maybe that costs you more money, um, but somebody that just like has the potential to. To really thrive on that line, and I, I really don't know what it costs. It, it it can't be, it can't be a defender. And and Friedman said as much too on the show. Maybe even Merrick, um, as as they were kind of talking about that in the last uh, couple weeks with with Horvat coming to the island. So I, I don't know. I I know they struggle with that, but they look much better this week. Granted, they played the Flyers, but Seattle Kraken are first in the division. And and they really took it to him. So I don't think that that's going to happen every night, but certainly there there must be something there, right? Like they they obviously something is starting to click. And even with you know, is the problem Romanov? Because they looked pretty good yesterday. They they looked okay. Granted, Bolduc had a couple oopsies for sure, and and he's probably you know going over that tape in, in his brain, and uh, they're going to clockwork orange him. Uh, with with some of that, just to you know, kind of burn into his brain. But yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know that that makes sense, especially if you have to give up. And right. who? No, like I, it, I hear not, you. It's not Chikrin, so you're gonna get another. <laughs> what? Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. I I hear you, and and like I said, I'm just I'm just saying what I I've uh, heard and and everything. But you know, to to answer your initial question, who can they add? Right. I, I think of immediately for me, I think of the second tier guys like an Ivan Barbashev, who I've heard, you know, the Islanders have poked around on. And he's a, a 60 he's, point guy last year, but he, he's on the outs he's, in St. Louis. Yeah, he's on the outs in St. Louis and he's not having as good a season as he did last year. But, you know, the St. Louis is also not playing so well either. They're trying to figure out who they are and what their future looks like, too. So, you know, part of me thinks that hey, if you throw him in the Islanders top six and, you know, he plays next to Horvat and Barzell, maybe he's a re- little bit re- uh, revitalized. But, you know, you're taking a risk there by trading for a guy who's maybe not so sure of who he is right now. Yeah, and he, he played 12 playoff games to. last year, no goals, two assists. He had 26 <laughs> goals in regular season. Yeah, first time getting over 15, over 14 goals. Um, he's a he's a UFA at the end of the season. In theory, if you're getting the regular season Barbashev from last year, right? That's a good. That would be a good rental, right? You're kind of looking for a two two and a half million dollar player that can score 20 goals. Like that's, the thing, that's kind of who we're looking at. The thing I keep coming back to is, and I said this last week, and you kind of were like, that's too much. But I've thought about it a little more, and I've heard murmurs about it. I think it's possible if it ends up happening no. or if it ends up, if something comes to fruition. I do. I think Vladimir Tarasenko is still a legitimate possibility. Oh, I did not think he, he, say that. Also, no. Who did you think I was going to say? Timo Meyer? No, I thought you were talking about Verona. Oh, well, okay. I've mentioned him too, who our good buddy Nick Alberga has said that he's on the on the outs with uh, with the Detroit Red Wings. And he according to 
a, a person I spoke to about Jacob Vrana because I inquired about this. I said, is it a character issue or is he in a good space? And I'm told he's in a good space. He's he's a well-liked person in the uh, – uh, where is he? Grand Rapids locker room. He's a well-liked person in the Grand Rapids locker room. It's just a matter of a different direction that the Detroit Red Wings are trying to go in that doesn't involve him, which is a shame because I think that he's an excellent player. He has had some health issues in the past. Maybe it had to do with the the issues that he was going through that he has now seemingly resolved as – far as I'm told, that wouldn't be a bad idea in my opinion. But I wasn't going there. I'm going Vladimir Tarasenko because a couple things. One, you know, the the Blues are open to trading him. Two, he hasn't rescinded that trade request still. Three, he controls his own fate. He has that no trade clause. If he doesn't want to go somewhere, the Blues are going to say, uh, listen, we're sending you to Winnipeg. And he goes, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to go to the cold weather. I don't want to go there. And now they're not going to get anything for him. Well, if they turn around, they say, okay, the Islanders made an offer. Here's, you know, and it wasn't anything great, but this is what they offered. And we have to get something for this guy because he's about to walk in unrestricted free agency. They can get him on the cheap and they can afford his contract right now because by the deadline, they're going to have accrued, I think, almost close to $9 million in deadline cap space. So, And look, whether it's a rental or not depends on the cost. Could you imagine Tarasenko, Horvat, and Barzell? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think at, at that point, uh, yeah, they're, they're a legitimate contender for, for sure. They have a lot of work to do uh, the rest of this season. But in the future, for sure, they they – that's formidable. I don't know how long you sign somebody like that for. And maybe for this season, you can get the, the Blues to retain something. It's still going to take a little bit to get. Like he, Even if he's 31 years old, I believe he's 31 years old. Um, or going on 32. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a 91. He's 31 years old. He just turned 31. I mean, he, he's, he's only got 10 goals 29 points in 38 games this season. Um, and, and the last few years have been tough for him. Some injuries, as I think, as you mentioned. Yeah, I'm I'm just not totally sure. The, I think the juice would be worth the squeeze in the short term, but you can't... The Islanders roster are just already so old. Like, do you well, add another 31-year-old? Yeah. Like, And you can't just say, like, oh, well, you're going to... Hopefully, either buy out or Josh Bailey's going to go somewhere after this season. That doesn't really help, right? This team average forward age right now is 30, 29.8. You're going to add somebody like Tarasenko. The window opens more, right? I think that was the question that I had for Chris Bottle. Opens wider. Opens wider, not for longer, right? Then they're like all in. They're late stage, you know, those Penguin teams and the Capitals and the and the Blues a few years ago. Like they're late stage though that type of team. And then you you really have to go for it. You need uh, you need all the firepower that you can and, and trying to keep that group together, right? You're you're re-signing Sorokin, obviously. The cap goes up in a couple of years. It'll go up, you know, a million or so this year. It'll go up a few more the following year. So you're gonna re-sign Sorokin. You then you really need a good backup. Like if you're going in on it, you're going in. I I I think that it's tough. Um, if they look, if they win a cup in two seasons, you're not going to find a complaint from me. You went all in. If they if they fall off after that, you know, and not like Patrick Wallery has two Stanley Cup rings in his ears and he can't hear. Uh, the one will be fine. You know, I, I think that'll be enough to. Uh, to keep on their fans happy after a long drought of getting to the, the Stanley Cup final, um, although we've have had some recent success. So it's, I don't really know what the other options are. I don't know what that looks like. You know, now we have somebody we can picture now that Barcelona's on the wing. And I don't think many people thought about that in, yeah, like in, in the past few years, right? It was always who's the winger for Barzell. And now that when this kind of came up and he played with Nelson and they were playing well, it was interesting. It was something a little bit different. You're like, oh, okay. I mean, now you can, that doubles who we can look for, right? It's not just a, a winger and it's not just a righty winger to play with Parcel. Now it could be anybody. 
you know, and it can be a kind of any center that's that's really good. So it, it added another thirty percent of the of the league of, of the top centers in the league um, to play with the Islanders. So now the question is, who complements both of these players, and how might that work out as far as as far as a trade is? I think the the good news is, and we touched on this a little bit, players like Simon Holstrom are are playing really really well. Um, Samuel Bulldog coming in and playing really well. That that defensive depth is is fantastic. Um, Palmieri, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled to death. You know, it, it's it's weird to think, kind of as you said, you know, you can't really understand Horvat being on this roster. They also have Palmieri, right? He, he's he's only been on the team for a few years, and and he was the other big trade target a few years ago. So Lou is kind of knocked it out of the park as far as around trade deadline deals you know and and kind of adding to this roster in the season he's obviously struck out in the offseason but as i mentioned a couple weeks ago if his goal was to wait until now now that was a bold move because they may miss the playoffs and that's silly um but you, you know whatever happened to the jt miller deal thank god that that's not how it worked out horvat over miller all day um and whatever did or didn't happen with Goudreau, whatever did or didn't happen with Kadri, um, I think fans would say, okay, you waited for Horvat and that's a thing, but now you really got to go for it. Um, the, the roster is just so much better today than it was two weeks ago with, with the addition of one player and then and, and everyone else stepping up. Um, I did want to get your thoughts, you know, uh, thinking about assets, thinking about further trades, trying to get this team into the playoffs. You've talked about Mayfield. I don't know that I love that. I think even less than that is Semyon Varlamov. And one of my former colleagues and writers at the Hockey Writers just put out an article about why they should trade Varlamov. Now, if you go back into the archives, I wrote about a number of times why they should not do that. Especially this season, right? And I didn't even write about it this season. It was in previous season. And in fact, I think it was last year at this time why they shouldn't have done that. And look at them now. They're they're middling, but not because of either of the goalies. For Alamov's turned it around. He has a winning record. Uh, he has great numbers. Like That's obviously a good move. Skerek isn't ready. This is good that he's at least here now. However, thinking about what the rest of the season is, and what it might take to get another player. Now Varlamov is a UFA at the end of this season, and he has a you know five million dollar cap hit. Is he even an asset? In so much as you're not trading Varlamov for Tarasenko, you're not trading Varlamov for even a maybe a second pair defenseman that's good, like a real good top four. Like if. If you're going to trade over Alamov, what does that even mean? Like, what do you yield on the other side of that? You're only getting high draft picks and prospects, good prospects for 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 Varlamov. And yeah, maybe you flip them. Um, you know, if you get multiple pieces, maybe you keep one, flip the other. I think it's all a moot point, honestly. I think that Lamorello has made it clear from his first day as a general manager that he likes to build from his net out. He wants to have a well-established net. And I understand you can get a lot for Semyon Varlamov, but this team, if they make the playoffs or not this season is planning on having a big summer and coming back with a vengeance next year anyway. And I think that Lou Lamorello wants Semyon Varlamov. We can talk about Mayfield in a second, but I think Lou Lamorello wants Semyon Varlamov as part of that plan. Um, My opinion, he comes back, uh, in in the summer, where he resigns before having to even come back from anywhere, um, for fifty percent of what he's making now, right? Well, I don't know how many years. Maybe it'll be two or three. I I feel like three is too much. I think a two year deal at two point five is, is pretty good. Uh, I think by the time that's over, he'll be what thirty six, maybe going on thirty seven. I think that that's a good number. And I you're think waiting, that he, you're already well, waiting him off of no the. the of of playing so many games, right? Sorokin can play the long yes. share of those games. And correct. If 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 Varlamov is going to be this team's Brian Elliott, um, to you know Sorokin as a, as a Vasilevsky type, 
that'll work. And he's more than dependable in that role. He's been more than dependable in that role. Last year, the Islanders didn't give him any support. He still had pretty good right. numbers. But there's no reason, you know, if you're if you're going to limit his playing time, that's fine. Even if I don't know what Sorokin gets, I imagine uh, fair. It's going to be a big number. Deal. It's going to be a big number. I don't even want to. I don't. It's not even speculation. I don't want to guess because I'm not good at that. But whatever that number is, you know, as long as you're spending under 10 million for your goaltending, and I think the I, the, the the idea is, look, they're spending nine million now. So as long as they're that's the ballpark, Farlamov's number can go down to two, two and a half, and then you're just giving that money to Sorokin on the other side. Maybe a little Correct. bit. Maybe you're at the ten million dollar mark. Um, but does that mean Mayfield's the bigger trade ship at this point? And again, you're probably flipping assets because he's also UFA. So you're going to get something yeah. and then flip it for something else. Um, is he the chip? I, you know, I know I, I, I started by saying I didn't like that idea because I think the D is finally starting to get together. And I think it would be hard to replace a veteran like that. Right, Their right side well, is, is solid. I'll say this. I think the only way any of this happens is if the Islanders are absolutely out of it. And I, I don't see that happening. Um, you know, if they if they're going on a playoff run, if they're going to make the playoffs, so that or Lamarillo believes they're going to get there, he's not going to rely on Samuel Bolduc to play. Let's say they they get to the playoffs and they go two rounds. He's not going to rely on him to play fourteen games in, in the playoffs. It's not going to happen, right? It's just not his way. And you know, so the the fact of the matter is, is that Mayfield's going to be on this team and has the legitimate possibility to walk in unrestricted free agency. Now, you know, it's good that Bulldog's up. I think that, like I said earlier, he'll remain up for possibly the remainder of the season and gets a, a decent amount of reps and maybe they're going to treat him as a, a mini Noah Dobson for the remainder of the year. Uh, rookie Noah Dobson, that is. You know, the, the thing is they have to evaluate how comfortable they are with him going into next season and saying, okay, we can, we can have this guy as an everyday NHL or he can be on the blue line every day. Um, and then at that point, you know, you don't need to bring back uh, Scott Mayfield, who's probably going to command at least 4 million bucks a year for, he probably wants to cash in on a, on a long-term deal for once. I know he's been with the Islanders for a he's, while, but he's, he's had 29 a 29 or 30 years old already. He's about to be 30 how, years old. Long, yeah. I don't know how he's long never, he is 30 years old. I, I don't know how long of a deal you're, you're going to get, or at least, if it's going to be a longer deal, um, he's making one, almost one and a half, one, four, five right now. Right. And he's is never he had that. Million, is he a $4 million defenseman? Well, I, I think that a, a large uh, man like he is, that's a right shot defenseman who has sneaky good ability to, to produce in the offensive zone like he has. Um, yeah, I think I think that someone's going to pay him that if he gets to unrestricted free agency. I don't know that the Islanders are going to pay him that, but that's certainly probably going to be the ask. He hasn't ever really cashed in. You know, he's making a million and a half bucks right now. That is his that that is his security. That's the only reason why the Islanders haven't traded a guy like him yet. Because I'll tell you what, if he was making what Devin Tays was making a couple of years ago, you think they would have traded Devin Tays? No, they would have traded Scott Mayfield. So oh, yeah, I think that. Sure. So I, I think that the only reason why he's he's been so, so secure in the spot that he's in is because of the contract that he's on. But he's going to command more because he's definitely outplayed that contract. Like if we look at Dom's model, he's probably he's probably a three four million dollar defenseman. And should he should he get that on a long term deal at thirty years old from Lamorello? No, is it possible? Maybe, but you know they have pretty good depth on the blue line in Bolduck. Sebastian Aho, I don't think he's gotten enough credit for how well he's played this year. It, it has emerged, and he's playing well. Parker w- uh, Wotherspoon has been a dependable guy who you don't mind when he's in the lineup. You don't bat an eye at it. You don't wince when he's on the ice. So they yeah, have well, the the, the uh, depth in the the other guy too that came. Um, Dennis, Dennis Chalosky. Chalosky. Yeah, that was. Yeah, he's been a good. Lot of, there's a lot of depth. Grant there. Hutton is still on this team. Nowhere. Yeah, and that Grant was. Grant Hutton is still here. That's essentially a, a Mayfield replacement in the summer. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I'll say this for Mayfield: he's played 400 games. He has 100 points. He's about to have a career year. He's 54 games, uh, 13. This points. is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's he scored five goals this year. That's it ties a career high for him. And yeah, he's on he's on pace for 
for a career in, in points as a third pairing defenseman. Um, there's a part of me that just says, you know, if you can, if you can keep them, so, so it costs you a half a million dollars more. That's really not the difference anywhere. I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be what kills the Islanders right there. It looks like next year they, they have 19.225 tied up on their defensemen. And that's, and you know, Wotherspoon is is an RFA. Bullduke is also you know an RFA, uh, and that's with Sebastian Aho, who is arguably part of this defense core now. I, I don't. I think he's he's here to stay for sure. Um, everyone else is here. So giving Mayfield a half million dollars, and the cap's going to go up a million million and a half dollars is really not that big of a deal. Like that's not what's going to make or break your roster as far as being able to sign somebody. Um, Fashing also needs a deal. Is, is Zach Parise coming back? The rest of the team is signed next year. In fact, the rest of the team's signed for for quite a while. Uh, Simon Holstrom needs a deal in a couple of years. So, like, I don't know that the half million is is really it. Um, hopefully, you can get some, a, a Josh Bailey maybe off the books and and bring that fifty one and a half million dollar uh, forward group down to uh, back down to forty eight six or whatever. So. I don't know. Mayfield plays well. I, I don't think he's the problem. And and no, no. Are there replacements? I think it's just that. Good? I I think the the fact of the matter for the the Mayfield situation is that he's not a problem. It's nothing like that. It's just that they they might have in the system guys who are already under contract who are able to slide into that that fifth uh, fifth defensive slot not have to use the money they would need to resign him and allocate it elsewhere where there's a need, right? Like we're talking about here, what are the Islanders going to do at the deadline? Are they going to, you know, acquire a, a big name scorer um, to, to fill the top six to fill out, you know, or, or to move Josh Bailey out of there. But I think the other thing that needs to be considered here is what if they don't end up doing that because they're not in it, they recoup the assets they need to spend in the summer, and that's when they go big fish hunting for a, another piece to, you know, really make them a, a threat. Because I could see that being a realistic possibility. You know, there's way more time in the summer to get things figured out, you know, to negotiate, to, um, you, you know, really map out, okay, who's available, who's sneaky good, who can I pry from here, who can I pry from there? I think of, you know, and this is this might be a situation that has to get resolved by the trade deadline, but I don't really know. I, I'd have to look into it a little bit more. I think of the Florida Panthers right now. They have Anthony DeClaire coming back very soon. Could be like this week. They don't have enough cap room for him. And the, the word is one of the Sams between Sam Bennett or Sam Reinhardt might have to go. Those One of those two players, whoever it is that has to go, those are excellent, excellent targets for Lou Lamarill to look at and say, okay, that's a, that's a situation I can take advantage of. Sam Reinhardt scored 30 goals last year. He's both a center and a winger. He could do both. Okay, You can yeah, never have enough if centers. If they're going to add somebody, they do need to let somebody go off that, off that roster. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. So if you're if you're gonna add somebody, are you waving Josh Bailey? Is anyone gonna is anyone gonna like it? Is anyone gonna pick him up? Do you care if anyone the, picks the, him up? The the simple solution here is Ross Johnston. He's not gonna get picked up. You wave him. Okay. And if he gets picked dollars. up, if he gets picked up, take him. Are you saying there's not enough cap room? So there, it depends on which one of them. I'm not. I don't. I'm not doing the the math in real time. I'm not really good at that. So uh, Reinhardt is six and a half. Bennett is uh, almost four and a half. Um, right. So at the deadline, they'll have they'll have enough money for that. They'll have about nine million dollars in deadline cap space, and then that that's a summer problem that they have to figure out. And yeah, it, for sure. I, it's that's, definitely that's a that's a Josh Bailey buyout or a trade to Arizona. Oh or yeah, I, the, that's that's getting Semyon Varlamov off the books for five million bucks and bringing him back for two point five. Yeah, and Reinhardt is signed for this season and next season at six and a half, and he's twenty seven. 
Bennett is 26 and is signed for this season and two more. So it could be either one of them that makes sense for at least, again, you're opening that window a little bit wider, maybe not for much longer, but definitely wider. And, the, you know, some some work needs to be done in, in over the next two off seasons to kind of make all that work. Um, Sam Reinhardt has 17 goals, 39 points for three games. Sam Bennett, 34 points, 13 goals in 52 games. Um, either one of them, frankly, I, and I might just go Sam Bennett just because he's a little bit cheaper and he's locked up for, and he's either a year younger, a little bit cheaper, and signed for two more years. Um, so if, if you can fit all of that and you're going to swap a Josh Bailey and buy him out or whatever and, and kind of figure that out for sure, I do wonder if they just wave a Ross Johnson who has, again, it's your point, he's not going to get claimed. But and Sam Bennett brings Sam Bennett brings a, a a gritty style. Like he's not afraid to. He's not the biggest guy, but he's also not afraid to throw throw the body. He has a scoring touch. Like he's he's a one of those multi tool guys who you know you can throw in your top six, and he kind of does it all. He's not nearly as good as Matthew Kachuk, but he plays that similar style where he's not afraid to get dirty and and he'll score you know a decent amount of points. Sam Reinhardt is definitely the better of the two. He's got the history yes. of scoring goals. And, you know, Bennett's really never been able to put it together. Last year is his first season, um, probably playing alongside Huberto, where he scored 28 goals in 71 games. Reinhardt is a regular 20 goal scorer, if not more. And th- this season, Bennett's a little behind, uh, you know, maybe it looks like he'll hit the 20 goal mark. We'll see how high he's able to get to kind of get there. But he's he's more of a teens goal scorer. That's just kind of where he is. Reinhardt, on the other hand, is different. Um, so if you're if you're going to swing and open the window, surely even more, I think you go Reinhardt. I think, I you know, the numbers and the age and everything, I think you, you maybe maybe you're thinking Bennett. Um, maybe it's just how they fit into the roster or whatever, but it, yeah, it could be, it could be either one of them. Uh, we have a little bit of a shorter show today. So any, any last, any last thoughts? Um, unfortunately I have to get to something soon and, uh, I don't want, I don't want to be late, even though it's at this desk. Uh, any other last thoughts? Uh, tonight's matchup against the Vancouver Canucks is going to be uh, a little emotional. You know, Anthony Bavillier returns to UBS Arena for the first time as a member of a new team. Um, Bo Horvat faces his former squad. He used to be the captain for the first time ever. So uh, that'll be fun to view. The Islanders have a Pretty good stretch for the next three games uh, where they they could collect six points and that could really, really. I think they jumped yesterday after their win from like 19 percent chance to make the playoffs to like 33 by just that one win. Um, They need to they need to beat Washington the next two or three times that they're playing them. I think it's only two more times. They play Pittsburgh twice. In the next and they play Pittsburgh six twice, games, but they have so they have so many more games in hand on the Islanders. Yes, they need to beat them because at the end of the day, it'll help somewhere. But Buffalo and Washington are in the Islanders kind of stratosphere right now. The the Penguins and their games in hand um, will be nice to catch if they're able to do that, but they can't control that. These games yeah. against I don't know if they play Buffalo at all, but again, they they play. I think they do play Washington at least twice more. Those are going to be tough games, um, but definitely, you know, it's early for scoreboard watching, but the Islanders kind of put themselves in a position where we kind of have to do that uh, at the beginning of February before the trade deadline. Again, if, if Lamos is going to make a move, you had said that that deadline is kind of next week. Um, and now that's still next week for another move. If they're really going to take that next step. And as you said, they can collect another six points and put the pressure on some of those other teams. I think they're de- they're they're deeper, or at least um, just as good as as a Washington right now or a Pittsburgh. They definitely have better goaltending. They definitely have better defense. The other factors that Washington and Pittsburgh have are the, the Crosby, the Balkans, the Ovechkins, and, and some of those players and the Latangs, where 
the Islanders don't have that quite that caliber, but adding Horvat and Barz and having Barzell and having Sorokin and having a Dobson, like you're it's not it's certainly not that level, but as a team with Palmieri stepping up, if is Holmstrom gonna score some goals, can he hit the 10 mark the rest of the season? That's really good. Um, so if they're if they're gonna turn it on, now's the time. And by next week, we'll have a, a very different picture of where this New York Islanders team is in, in terms yeah. of the playoff race. Um, yeah, I'll, I'd say that the three Canadian teams they're playing in the next three games, they should collect six points. Fingers crossed. Please rate, review, subscribe. Or, uh, please, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Esmond Hockey. Don't laugh at me. You can find you James' it. work at the Fort Period, and you can... Uh, make sure to sign up for Isles Fix, an excellent Created Islanders newsletter that comes out daily that Mr. Nichols and Mr. Bono work on tirelessly. It's great. Uh, make sure you sign up for that. Um, James, bring us home. Until next time, all, let's go Islanders.